Welcome to 10 Minute TechCom. This is Ryan Weber at the University of Alabama in Huntsville. Like almost everyone in the past few months, I have been fascinated and sometimes terrified by AI writing, best embodied by ChatGPT, which is making headlines for generating sophisticated text that sometimes comes across as human and can perform feats like passing essay questions on college and MBA exams. Of course, this new technology has raised a lot of alarm in my related fields of writing studies and technical communication. Professors wonder how to deal with AI writing in terms of teaching and plagiarism, and some instructors have found ways to incorporate AI writing into their classes. Meanwhile, writers wonder if they'll be replaced, or at least if their jobs will significantly change. To get a different perspective on AI writing, I invited today's guest, Justin McGill, the founder of Content at Scale. Content at Scale offers automated content creation that allows companies to upload keywords and receive blog posts and articles about those topics. According to the Content at Scale website, the software is, quote, the first ever content automation platform that was built to scale content marketing by replacing the need to hire a team of writers, end quote. As a writer and writing teacher, I find this statement concerning. But McGill argues that AI content creation is nothing to fear and that it will change rather than replace the role of writers. In our interview, we talk about how content at scale works, some of the ethical issues involved with automated content, and the potential future of AI. I found this conversation extremely interesting. I tried to ask tough questions, and I also crowdsourced Facebook to get some of my questions, Uh, though I imagine some listeners will wish I had gone much further in pressing Mr. McGill. I'm interested in getting listener reactions to this interview. Diehard fans of 10 Minute Techcom will recall that I already did an episode on AI back in 2018 with Seth Early. However, the situation feels different now, so I wanted to revisit the issue. You can find more information about 10 Minute Techcom, as well as transcripts for this interview, at 10minutetechcom.com with everything spelled out. Please enjoy the interview, and I wanted to again thank Justin McGill for joining me to talk about AI writing. Justin McGill, I founded Content at Scale. Uh, We started building this in the summer of 2021 and launched the beta in September of 2022. Essentially, you know, my background is in content marketing and SEO, and that's what I did with my uh, initially when I I launched an agency and scaled that into a seven-figure agency, and then in 2014, launched my first SaaS product, built that up actually through inbound traffic and SEO as well. And so the challenge I always always had was scaling it. I mean, you need either a lot of headcount or a lot of freelancers, whatever, right? But it's it's an expensive foray into content marketing when you're trying to scale it. And, and if you don't have a really good team of writers or a good process, I mean, it, it can get, you know, muddied up pretty, pretty quickly. You know, that was kind of the genesis. I mean, I felt like AI was advancing to a point where we could probably do something here, you know, pretty unique compared to, you know, some of the tools out there that just are kind of more general purpose and and kind of a single layer on top of GPT-3 or something. You know, I wanted something that was more specific for long form, you know, SEO driven content. And so that's what we built. Cool. So tell me a little bit about what you've got right now. I know it's, you know, you're continuing to develop the product, but as it stands today, tell me a little bit about content at scale? What does it do? And without giving away kind of your secret sauce, how does it work? Yeah. So essentially what you do is you can just upload like a list of keywords or you could add one at a time, but you know, you could add like a hundred different keywords and then 
you know, in, in like, I don't know, 15 ish minutes, if you upload that much, I mean, you'll have a hundred blog posts, they're 2,600 plus words. Uh, what's unique about us as well is it's undetectable AI content. So obviously from an SEO perspective, that's, that's pretty important. You know, if you're using kind of AI writing type tools that are out there, I'll say, uh, you know, you'll, you'll often see that those end up, you know, detected as AI, which, you know, it's not going to help you from a search ranking perspective, but on top of that, you know, like we've built in like table of contents and click to tweets and key takeaways. And even like we'll pull in because we crawl the top ranking content in Google as well. And so we use natural language processing to identify different keyword phrases and whatnot that need to be included. On top of that, we'll also pull in like people also ask questions that are relevant to that primary keyword. And then we add those with answers and, and build QA schema, you know, into that as well. So, you know, it's just a lot of like SEO kind of driven content there. But with that, you know, we try to make it helpful, right? So table of contents might seem like, oh, that's not a big deal. But, you know, when someone clicks on that, I mean, that's sending a, a signal to Google, right? That there's engagement happening on this page. That scroll down helps, right? The, the key takeaways help for readers to, you know, digest what you're talking about, right? So all of these things are kind of built with the end in mind being helpful to the visitor. So that's what we built. You know, you can get granular if you wanted to customize what that brief looks like, or even just like add some context to, you know, help shape the post the way you want it. But, you know, that's kind of it in a nutshell. You mentioned this a little bit, like it's mining kind of like the top content on Google. Sort of what sorts of content does content at scale mine to kind of generate these posts? Yeah. So what I always recommend too is like following kind of this this whole topical authority, meaning like, you know, you, you write your, your primary piece or your money post for a given topic. And then what you do is you use something like content at scale to supplement that with like just 20, 40 80 different keywords, right? Around that main topic, you know, content scale is ideal for like informational keywords. So we're working on what, like AI right now, if you've ever tried to build like a, a listicle type post, it's just not that great, right? We're, we're working on a solution there as well for informational content. It's best in class. I mean, we hear it all the time. I, I just had a, a live chat request come in right as I was clicking through and this guy was like, oh my gosh, you know, we went from a post costing us three hundred eighty dollars and five to six hours to thirteen dollars and and thirteen minutes, right? So he's like super jazzed. But that's you know really the whole the whole use case there. So you do suggest that people are kind of doing some writing and then supplementing it with this tool? Yeah, definitely. So um, where I see this right is like we we we're kind of focusing and a lot of training around what we're calling AIO, right? Artificial intelligence optimization and basically, you know, where this is all heading. So, you know, the people that are fighting this, I mean, they sound like the people that are, that were, you know, scared of e-commerce at the very beginning, right? Like I'm not giving you my credit card information on a website, right? It's so obvious where this is heading. And so you, you can either ignore it, right? And, and likely just get passed by or adopt stuff like this into your tool set and, and see what, you know, see it as an opportunity. Right, because that's what this is, and and it allows you to scale so much faster. So you can use AI to get your base content, but you should be going through that. I mean, you want to you know fact check some things, you want to add links, you want to maybe add some images and and add your personal touch to this content because you know I'm telling you, like we're growing massively fast. When you have thousands of companies all like producing content through systems like ours, the next step is like, well, how do you stand out from that, right? Because now our content, you know, like our systems like ours, like that becomes table stakes because so many companies are able to produce so much more content. Well, the way you stand out is, is, you know, through all of those additional reasons, right? Like through that optimization process that, you know, writers should start to 
look at how they can transition to using stuff like this and then just adding those extra layers on top. That is an interesting point that I hadn't quite thought about of like, so if there are 20 travel companies and they're all using content at scale, you're going to get pretty similar stuff for all those companies. And now the next step is like, well, how do I stand apart from the other 19 or 100 companies or whatever with my content? Yeah, you got to think about that. Right now, that's obviously not, you know, the case or something you need to really worry about. But I mean, fast forward in a year or two, you know, that that's likely the scenario. And so you should be looking at this as like, not, oh, well, it's just all gonna be the same, you know, of course, like, there's going to be similarities. But you know, that's the thing too, with AI, whether it's AI or a person, when you go to write a brand new blog post, what do you do? You go Google and research and, and, and you map out what people are talking about, at least you should be. And, and you're, you're putting your outline together based on what's out there, right? So people are like, oh, you know, it's, it's, it's all things that have been said before. Everything you are going to say has been said before. You, you are not going to come up with brand new informational stuff that, that no one's ever thought of. You might have your own little spin to it or add some level of expertise to it. But the general concept, believe me, has been there. Right. And so there's nothing different here. It's just that the AI is doing all the heavy lifting. And now you can go in and add those those unique elements to it, you know, to, to make it your own. And that's what you should do. Definitely. So if I generate these posts for a company, do I does my company own the copyright? Like who owns the copyright for the posts? Yeah, you do. Yeah. And then you, obviously you have your contract or whatever with them. Right. To you know, pass that off to them or something. But so how does that I guess I'm just it seems like a new like area in a way, because we're taking you're taking copyrighted content, repurposing it and generating something new that's also copyrightable. Is that right? No, we're not. We're not taking copyrighted content. So like our content comes out like it's it's never been used, right? Like, I mean, and we have built in copyscape and stuff. So you can actually, you know, just run that scan, you know, you'll see sometimes maybe it is like 1% or something. And there's like words in there that have shown up in other content, but you know, out of the gate, like it's not, you know, it's not using other people's words. And so one of, we use multiple AI models, right? And so one of them being GPT-3, we share that one because that's public and, and it's a great generative AI. We had multiple layers on top of that, which is, you know, ultimately how we get undetectable AI. You know, that's trained on billions and billions and billions of words, right? Like 175 billion. It's through that there's formulas of, as far as like, okay, well, the next most probable word in this sentence as it's being generated would be this word, right? So it's not, it's not that it's like, looking at this piece of content that's on page two, let's take that paragraph and just rewrite it. it. It uses it as context, right? So there's a little more information, but it's not, it's not like just rewriting that. So it's sort of like, cause I use Google docs and it'll be like, like the suggested thing will pop up. And sometimes I'm like, yeah, Google docs, that is what I was going to write. <laughs> like you are correct. So it's similar to that. It's not like I took this post and this post and blended them together. It's that I've read so the AI has read so many things it knows, well, statistically, this would be the next word that would likely come through. Within this context of, you know, this category or whatever. Absolutely. Yep. Okay. That's interesting. And it's an interesting way to kind of help understand. Because I also think a lot of people, myself included, just still aren't quite sure even how this technology works right now. It's so new, right? I mean. Oh, yeah. It's new. It's in, it's interesting it's scary like i've never seen conversation on social media amongst writing professors 
about anything like this with just sort of, you know, with, with interest and concern, but also intrigue, you know? So I guess that's a good place to kind of pivot into kind of some of these questions that people might have as, you know, someone who teaches writing, trains writers, I feel like I'm kind of representing that group of people. So my f- kind of first exposure to this was I saw an Instagram ad that was for one of your competitors um, that you actually mentioned on your site. Um, and they were like, write AI content, you know, without a human. And I was like, but that I train my students to do that. Like, what am I? So if you look at the comments, I'm sure you did, right? You look at the comments on those ads. I mean, it is brutal. Like it, and we see it on our social too. Like people are just so scared, right? And so it's like, I see people like, just write it yourself. Stop being lazy and you know, all of this. And it's like, it, it's about working smarter. It's not about working, you know, harder or, or trying to, you know, spend your time doing it. If that's what you want to do, spending your time, cool. But just understand, like so many people are adopting technologies like this to do it faster. You're you're not going to be able to keep up. You know, you've got to understand where this is going and kind of see the bigger picture, right? Like you're talking about how I've never seen writers all talk about something, and here it's happening. It's happening because it's changing. It's changing the game forever, and that is like for sure happening. So you're either going to adapt to that, or you're going to get left behind, right? And so that's why I was saying earlier, like, you know, transition into thinking more. AIO so that you can optimize that AI content and still make it your own and add your own unique spin. But there's a reason this is blowing up, right? And and it's the fastest moving industry I've ever seen. Like, I mean, it is just, you know, when we were working on this, you know, I mean, it was like not really all that talked about. And then shortly after launching, uh, it's just everywhere now, right? It's all just kind of culminated into this like perfect little storm here, but it's nothing to be afraid of. I mean, it's just something you've got to, you know, adapt to and, and learn how to take advantage of the opportunity, really. So you see companies still having some sort of writer, editor, content generator that would work kind of with the AI to generate content? We have a writing team. Absolutely. Right. Like, I mean, so what we do, so obviously we have access, direct access to the software, but then we have a a done for you service layered on top. And basically our team runs that and then edits all the content, adds links, add images, right? Like they do the AIO work. And then they take that and publish it on the client site. That's exactly what you should do. The cool thing is a writer that, you know, would struggle to do 20 posts a month. Now we can, we can get, you know, 10 to 20 done in a day. I mean, it's just a totally different ball game, right? And so think of the velocity you're able to accomplish when, you know, you're able to publish that much content in a given month. And the reason you would do that, right, is because you're able to t- just start ranking for so many more keywords, which drive more traffic, right? I mean, I remember with my prior... SaaS with Leafy is like, I mean, over six years, we had done like 300 and something blog posts, you know, 50 years, one a week consistently, right? For six years, you know, you can do that in a couple of months now, right? Like it's just, it's unbelievable what it allows you to do. And, and so, yeah, absolutely. Like somebody should, you know, look at this as an opportunity to transition from creating that content from scratch. Instead, you're optimizing, you're able to do so much more, right? And, and so you're able to you know, potentially charge more for that, right? With your with your clients, if, if that's what you're doing, or if you're working within a business that that is trying to scale up your content market, I mean, this is how you could do it, you know, is just by making that transition from, you know, writing it all from scratch to, you know, taking a, you know, a 2,500 word blog post and just, you know, making it your own, basically. So that's an interesting point too. You're saying like, if I'm a freelancer, I could almost be like, hey, I am, you got to pay me more because I'm good with AI. Absolutely. Like, I'm not just the guy who's going to, or woman who's going to sit down and write this stuff from scratch. Like, I can handle AI. And so I'm actually worth more. Totally. 
as a writer editor. Right. And then what you do is you sell more, right? Like you, you can sell higher volume packages because chances are that, that your client has heard of this, right? They've heard of AI content and what it's doing and how it's changing the world. And so what you do is say, listen, I'm, you know, I've adopted this. Uh, I'm able to scale this, you know, much faster. Um, what this allows you to do is publish more content, a lot, you know, rank for more keywords, drive more traffic, right? But here's the thing too, and, and this is the selling point. You've got to understand where this is going and, and your competition is going to be doing stuff like this soon too, right? So now it's like, let's get ahead of the game before they start doing it as well. And so there's some urgency, right? And, and that's the nice thing when they start to hear about this stuff on their own. I have a police officer friend, he just messaged. He's like, hey, what's going on with this whole chat GPT thing? You're a police officer. Like, you should not know about this, right? Like, Oh, yeah. No, I have. I have my cousin was mentioning it at Christmas. Like a friend texted me the other day and wrote like chat GPT, like messages. To me. I mean, everybody is talking about this stuff. I think something interesting that I don't think I quite caught before I talked to you about your company is you're writing kind of sort of for robots, right? Like you're writing for Google to, you know, to maximize the SEO of your site in a way, right? Almost. Yeah, that's an interesting way of looking at it. But yeah, right. I mean, you've got you've got essentially AI and, and algorithms that are reading your content. You know, why not have that made by by AI as well, right? And then here's the thing where I see this going beyond the content is because when when there's so much more content out there, it becomes harder and harder for Google to discern, you know, which should get those rankings, right? I think links have always been important, but I think they're going to be even more important as this starts to really unfold and, and hit like mass scale, you know, because that's that's just a way for them to really tell, you know, which of those sites are actually, you know, people are trusting and linking to. And I, I think that's going to become just a bigger factor overall. But, you know, like I was saying earlier, I think I think systems like ours just becomes table stakes, right? Like you've got to be pumping out the velocity. At the same time, though, you really need to think about, you know, that that link building aspect. So again, the other, you know, I'm a writing teacher. I see these conversations all the time. Obviously, the big thing that everybody is scared of is plagiarism. My students are going to use chat GPT or content at scale or whatever to I'm gonna give them an assignment. They're going to use this to write it and turn it in. How would you respond to that kind of concern? Yeah, I think, um, in fact, I mean, we've gotten some of those. So we have a free AI detector and we had a, a professor use that to uh, give a, a failing grade to a student and that student reached out and wanted to know like what they could do. And, you know, she was like, well, I, I have full proof that I wrote this and it wasn't AI. And so here's the thing, like you can you can get it to where it, it, it reports back that it was human written, even though it was from an AI like that. That, that transition can happen pretty easily, Not easily. But it's, it's something we've solved. To have content that you've handwritten, and I'm talking like you're a couple of hundred words into it, and it comes back as as 100% AI, like the statistical probability is through the roof, right? Because that's basically on every single word, you've somehow managed to use the exact highest, most probable word choice for everything that you're saying. Like it's, I mean, it's so impossible. Listen, can, can it happen? I mean, people win the lottery too, right? I mean, that, that happens, sure. But, you know, I said, listen, like this should be used for, you know, entertainment purposes, right? Like type of a language. But I was like, you know, if, if it's showing up as 100% that you wrote this like, or that it's, you know, it's obviously AI is, is kind of 
how we show the grading metric there, it's going to be pretty hard to, you know, convince us that you didn't. Right. But I mean, he or she was like, I have, um, but I have full proof that I was like, I don't know what your full proof is. I guess maybe he had a camera sit behind him as he was typing the assignment. Maybe I don't know what full proof meant, but I was like, if you have that, then I would go ahead and present that to your professor. But yeah, I mean, if you're, if your stuff is getting flagged as, as obviously AI, you know, it's going to be a problem for people and it's going to change how universities do great things. You know, you, obviously they used to just check, check for plagiarism, but you know, this is a factor now too. You know, we've, we've had requests for, you know, to utilize our, our detector in a way where they could just supply their grades or the, the, the assignments run through that first. And, you know, so you better believe universities are all over this and, you know, they're not as slow moving on this as maybe you think. Uh, that they would be. But yeah, it's, it's absolutely going to be a factor. You've got, I saw it on your site. It's cool. You've got a thing you can plug text in there to see if it's AI written. And on one hand, you want your content that is produced for companies to pass this test so that Google doesn't say, hey, this is AI written and, and lower it down in the SEO rankings. But at the same time, you're saying it would be very hard for a student to pass that test if they legitimately just wrote an AI, like plugged something into chat GPT and turned it in. Am I understanding that correctly? Totally, yeah. That, that content oftentimes is gonna come out fully reading as AI. Listen, here's the thing too, because some people get confused like, oh, well, I copied this right from chat GPT and this one's saying that it was human written, right? Or, and it's like, cool, like that just means it reads as human written. Like it's it's not that this is wrong. This is just giving you like this this metric of like, okay, yeah, this comes off as human or this comes off as AI, right? Just because it came out of AI and it's coming up as human, like that that doesn't mean that it's wrong. It's just letting you know that, okay, yeah, this, this passes the test, right? But yeah, generally, you know, if you're pulling content out of tools like that or just tools, any AI writer, right? Like that's just a layer on top of GPT-3 like that. Yeah, it's going to show up as, as AI written and you're going to have some problems. But it is possible. I mean, these tools are just testing. I saw there's a new app that a college student created that's kind of looking for like, well, humans tend to do this. AI tends to do this. It, but you're saying it is possible for AI generated text to read as human and kind of pass the detectors. Yeah. So that's a differentiator for us. I mean, we, we do that, you know, and, and you can take our content and run that through any AI detector you want. We've got a free one. There's paid ones. Right. But like run it through and and you can see that it comes out as human written, right? So, you know, that, that's something that was a focus for us out of the gate, you know, because that was obviously a, a big concern that people had. And so that was something we we set out to solve, you know, very early on with this. But yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely, it is possible. So if I say I'm, I'm the CEO of a company and I run, I, I use content at scale to generate a post and I don't really do the thing you're talking about of like going in and kind of adding my own flim, just like, okay, here's my post, boom, I slap it up, I put my name on it. Should there be some kind of flag that like, or some kind of indication that this was AI written? Like, is that an ethical use of the program? Do you think? Yeah, I mean, listen, ultimately, that's on you, right? And how you want to do that. But like, you see bankrate.com and cnet.com, like this has been in the news recently, because they've got they've got that in their in their author byline. That this was straight out of you know from AI and it's ranking all over page one. And so Google was asked, like, well, what's going on here? Like you said, we can't do this. And so they made a very subtle but very massive tweak to their guideline, which was uh, before you know any content created by automated means is against our guidelines. That's Google or that's these companies? That's Google. 
And where now it's like any content made through automated means without regard for the you know, helpfulness for the end user, something along those lines, but they, they made a little tweak that that's, you know, like, then that's the problem, right? Which is always what we set out to do is, is have helpful content. That's a, a, a very subtle, but, but pretty massive change in terms of their, their handling of that. And they had to because they know where this is going, right? Like, so when Google's adapting their guidelines, because, you know, like, they can't keep up, right? And, and there's just so many people doing this. As a writer yourself, that's what I'm saying. You're like, you have to understand where this is going. Like, you have to see that. So just stop fighting it and adopt it or or just understand that you're probably going to need a different career path if if you're stuck on that, you know, that angle uh, because, you know, that's just where it's going. But So to get back to these companies, just to be clear, it is good to say, like to have some sort of indication that you used AI to generate the content. Yeah, if you're not going to add to it, right, and you're just going to, you know, basically, t- which I don't recommend doing, right? Like, I mean, I don't. So it's going to still come out as undetectable AI from our system and everything. But I still recommend, like, you're going to want to do something with that to, to make that your own piece of content. And if not, you just want to go straight from it. I mean, from an ethical standpoint, that would that would make the most sense, right? Like having some sort of an author by line that, you know, just says that this came from, you know, automated means or whatever. You don't have to share where it came from, but if you know if you wanted to, honestly, I, I don't think we have a single, single customer that's doing that. It's just taking, spitting the content out just straight to their website with no adaptation. Well, I, I think there is some of that, but I'm saying I don't, no one is, is adding that this just is AI generated. Oh, I see. So no one is, is indicating that it's AI generated. Yeah. I don't think you're going to see that be the norm, uh, right? Like I don't, because I, I don't think they want to raise any flags to, to Google. I think, well, I think they view it as it's okay if, if you know, these big sites are doing it, right? But I don't want to raise suspicion, right? I think that's the general kind of consensus there. And I guess that spins to another question that's kind of related. And I imagine this is mostly just sort of anecdotal or in your experience, but how do people kind of respond to content when they find out that it's AI generated? Like, do you have a sense of how people approach it? You know, it's funny. I I used to kind of measure this where um, in advance, right, where we would tell somebody, okay, this article came from AI. And they go into it a way more skeptical, right? We're actually running a survey, like writers that we're hiring from different services. And we're going to compare that and, and ask people that are not our customers that don't know how our content, you know, all that, right. The formatting and everything. And we're going to actually survey them to show like, just pick which one you think is best because that's the thing. Human doesn't mean better. I don't know, you know, what your experience is like in hiring writers, but let me tell you, it's, it's, it is not easy to find good writers. And so I've seen it time and again. I mean, this is why this stuff exists, right? Because there are so many bad writers. And so AI out of the gate beats most of them, unfortunately. Right. And so I think when people you know, are aware that, oh, this is AI generated. They, they, they look at it through a little bit of a different lens than if you were to just give them two pieces of content and, and they don't know which is which. And I've done both and I've seen different ways that people handle it. Um, so I think there is a natural skepticism, right? When they find out that, oh, this was AI generated. But honestly, I don't know that many could tell the difference, right? Between something that was handed to them, you know, if you handed two of two articles, one from a person that you got off of Fiverr or something, right? And then, uh, or even a text broker or whatever these different services or, or an AI generated one. I, I think a lot of people would, that, that are kind of not in the note, right? Like just a, your average typical reader. I, I think what you'll find is that uh, they're not going to really care. 
<laughs> Interesting. Yeah, and I also imagine those attitudes might change as AI becomes more and more common. Sort of like the first time you know you're talking with a chat bot versus the thousandth time or whatever. Do you think that there is sort of anything, you've talked about kind of this AIO, right? Is there anything that sort of humans can do in terms of writing that at this point, AI is not as good at? I think sharing those personal stories, right? And, and those like kind of unique, uh, maybe they're screenshots, maybe they're photos or images or, you know, tying that story arc into, you know, whatever content piece that like, that's just something that the AI is not going to be good with in comparison to a human. Right. Like that has that experience. And, and that's the stuff that I think you should try to incorporate, you know, when when you do that kind of final layer of editing is tie that stuff in when it comes to everything else. As far as like a, your typical blog post, I mean, I think, you know, the AI does does great with that stuff. So you have to look at like, well, what what can I do that would make this unique? Right. Like really stand out. And it, and it is those personal personal stories or, you know, like a super deep expertise on a topic, right, that um, you've gained through through years and years of experience. Like if you can add those to it, um, you know, that's how you would set it apart. But that that, those are the, you know, the ways that you could differentiate from, you know, just your typical AI generated. I was also curious, you know, this runs on kind of estimating what the next words might be. It seems like this is less helpful. Let's say if I was a scientist and I ran an experiment that generates new knowledge getting it to write up the results of that. Is that accurate? Definitely. Yeah. And so now you can build like custom models and we've had some conversations with folks on that where um, you supply data, right. And then there's expected outcomes and stuff from that. And there's, there's ways to, you you know, incorporate AI there, but yeah, like you're much better off if you've got something like unique data like that. I mean, that that's, that's a great point, right? Like that should be something that you, you add to a, a piece of content because no one else has that information. Right. So when it's uniquely yours like that, absolutely, that's, you know, that's something that you're going to be able to provide better than an AI will. But you could build some models to feed that that would then, you know, generate maybe fuller context and create a, a better overall post. But yeah, if you've got data like that, that's uniquely yours. I mean, that's that's a great opportunity to differentiate it. Can the AI write, someone asked me this and I was curious about it. Can it so if my audience is regional audience say or like an audience that maybe is bilingual and has a particular dialect or or whatever can it customize to like particular dialects audiences populations in any way yeah so there's there's ways for like the ai to detect like tone of voice and things of that nature um, or you could assign that up front if 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 you wanted as far as like what you're talking about you'd almost need to like fine tune it's called fine tuning a, a model but basically you would give it you know m- maybe it's all of your prior content and this is something that that a lot like OpenAI and these different platforms need to get a little better with like actually enabling those those custom modeling options but you know you would you would supply all that content for it to then basically extract your tone of voice, your dialect, like all of that would be encompassed, but you'd have to fine tune the model. And So the model would need to kind of read off of either you or people who, who write in that group that you're targeting or whatever. Yeah. And if it's, if it's out there, right? Like if there's content out there that, you know, you could, you could steer it that way. Like it's going to know I'm in Phoenix, right? So it's going to know, Oh, the Grand Canyon's in Arizona. Right. Like, and so it, it can piece those things together without an issue. But when, when you have certain, you know, certain slang or, you know, things like that, 
like a turn of phrase or a colloquialism that it may it may it need would need fine tuning to be able to do. All right, I've enjoyed this. I just have a couple more questions for you. Um, so it sounds to me like efficiency wise, SEO wise, AI content generation is is going to happen and is you know is something that people need to grapple with or or incorporate or work with. In terms of kind of like what do you see is beyond that sort of profit for businesses, efficiency, like other benefits for society, for this technology, like society at large? Yeah, man. I mean, so are you talking just AI content specifically or just like AI as a whole or what? Let's start with AI content specifically, because um, AI as a whole, is a whole other, you know, a whole other issue. But yeah, just in terms of kind of AI generated content, what other kinds of benefits can that bring for us above sort of efficiency and profit? Yeah, I think uh, obviously those are the big ones, right? The efficiencies and the profit. But, you know, you're you're able to convey your message more frequently, right, as a business. I mean, we've got a content library brewing of, of hundreds and hundreds of ideas, right? And we're really kind of working on this whole AIO model and, and really try to, like, train people on how to make that transition. And so what we can do is is use our platform to to pump out a lot more of that type of content, right, to help people make that transition. And, and for us, it's education and, and all of that driven, right? For for other businesses, it might be just like getting, you know, their their products or, you know, different use cases or things like that out there that, you know, they either would have been bottlenecked with and, and not done it, or it became too expensive for them to do or something like that, right? So that's where, like, I think from a a business perspective, there's, there's a lot more benefit. But ultimately, at the end of the day, right? I mean, it's going to come down to dollars, right? I mean, that's, that's the bottom line, I think. And, and I think that's why, you know, you're seeing AI get adopted more and more frequently. I think, you know, things like kind of going beyond the content side, right? I mean, I think things like Siri and, and Alexa, and, and I think, you know, like I don't really use them, right? Because they're pretty basic things. And I think that's going to change here very quickly. Uh, and I think they will be, a, you know, a lot more usable, a lot more resourceful, right? I mean, take that chat GPT experience and, and give that to Siri or, or Alexa or whatever. And it's like, you know, that's a different ballgame now, right? I mean, you're getting a lot more information, um, not just the things that they've been kind of programmed with, right? Like it's it's a much bigger deal. It can pull from more and develop kind of more sophisticated answers. Right. So I mentioned, you know, impacts on the writing profession, plagiarism, that kind of thing, copyright. Were there any other ethical issues that your company has or continues to kind of have to contend with as you're developing this product? Honestly, I think, I mean, those are the ones, you know, I mean, that's it, right? Um, those are the ones that people are are maybe not as familiar with or they're, they're concerned about, right? All of those. You know, it's interesting, right? With the images, um, it's like a new lawsuit going on with Dolly and, and Stable Diffusion, or actually, I think it's Mid Journey and, and um, Stable Diffusion, and, and like for from artists, right? Because yeah, I saw that. I saw the news about that the other day. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's going to be interesting. You know, that's that's a, that's going to be a, a a fascinating lawsuit there to see how that turns out. At the end of the day, I think there's going to be it's going to be pretty hard for there to be proof that somehow their their image was was factored in, but. Who knows, right? Who knows where that's going? I think there's 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 millions and millions of images that have free reign, right? Free license control and all that. So I I think it's going to be a tough one to to win, but we'll see what happens with that. In that case, in case listeners aren't familiar, was that an artist was suing this AI over basically like using their image to generate new images? Is that correct? Yeah, to use their collection of of artwork or images or whatever to to help 
train the AI model to you know generate more. Yeah, that'll be that'll be interesting. I don't I don't see that going very far, uh, but you know it'll be interesting to see where it, where it does end up. So you've mentioned you know I've I've talked about people that I know who have concerns. You've mentioned the social media comments that on on your ads and other ads and the concerns that people have. If you had a chance to sort of alleviate those people's concerns, besides what we've talked about already, what would you tell them? Listen, it's you know it's like with any change, right? People normally don't like change. That's just human nature. Um, but you have to just understand what's going on here, right? When Google's adapting their their Google their guidelines for their for their search quality, when you've got you know random cousins and and friends and just totally random professions that are asking you uh, what's going on with this whole thing, right? With ChatGPT or AI content as a whole, uh, it's happening, right? And it's happening very quickly. Like like I said earlier, I think it's the fastest moving industry that I've ever seen. Just understand that this is happening whether you want it to or not. And so, you know, the choice is yours ultimately to to adapt and, and see this as an opportunity, a brand new opportunity. I mean, listen, you know, they're saying now like they think OpenAI could be the first trillion dollar company or whatever. Like the opportunity is is massive and, and everyone knows it. Right. So this is not going away. Uh, it's just, you know, you can ignore it, but, you know, just understand that this is absolutely happening. And that's interesting because as a writing teacher who teaches, you know, technical communication, I tend towards sort of practicality in that way of like, well, this is happening. We need to deal with it. On the other hand, I imagine there are listeners who are like, well, just because something is happening doesn't mean that it should happen. Is there a sort of, can we make an even stronger case than like, this is happening, deal with it, um, for why, this is this is a value add for companies and humanity. Listen, I think the reason this is so valuable is because there are so many bad writers. <laughs> Honestly, like I, if, if everyone was a great writer, this wouldn't be a problem we're solving. You know what I'm saying? Like this has happened because there's just so much bad content. There's 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 bad writers or you're offshoring it, right? And and they can't speak the language well. And so your content comes, it's just, I'm telling you, like, this is why this is this is in existence and why it's in such high demand. Or, you know, the other is that you, you've just charged so much for it that, uh, you know, people are looking to, to cut some corners there, right? Um, and so that's not the sole reason, obviously, right? That this is, this is taking off, but you have, like, it's absolutely part of the reason. And so, everyone's contributed right to it. Um, we, I used to run an agency. I'm sure that, you know, that was a factor too. Right. So if people can, can utilize technology in a way that, that helps them become more efficient, like you like businesses are going to do that, whether you think they should or not. I mean, you've got robots flipping burgers at McDonald's now, right? I mean like this stuff, you know, it's, it's, it's happening all over the place. Um, it's not just in this space. I mean, it's, it's AI as a whole. And, you know, they've talked about this for years, right. In movies and everything else. And we're starting I mean, we're, we're at the cusp of it right now. There's not much you can do, right? It, it just, you can ignore it, right? And, and you know, but again, I mean, there's nothing you, I, or anyone else is going to say that's going to stop everyone and just like, okay, you know what? That's enough for AI. Like, no more. Everybody just stop, right? Like, it's just, you know, that's just not going to happen. So, you know, if you have that big of a problem with it, I think you should just continue on, right? Keep doing your thing and fighting the good fight. And, you know, I think, you know, there's going to be people that do that and that's fine. Right. And, and who knows, because maybe everyone else is going this route. Like you could, you could stand out in a way, right. And, and be just so unique because you've, you've not gone that way. And so later on, maybe that becomes a differentiator for you. 
Sure. I was wondering about that because, you know, it's kind of like a restaurant that's like all our food is local, you know, sort of like it's it was sort of that backlash against kind of like factory farming, fast food. And you've seen kind of a whole industry emerge around that. And I was, you know, it'll be interesting to see if something like that happens with writing as well. Like, so as it sounds like your take, though, is this change is happening. So let's be smart and proactive about it. Totally. Absolutely. I mean, you could you can see this as an opportunity, right? Which is what you should see it as and, and understand that you, you can actually still sell more, right? You can charge a more higher premium because, you know, chances are your your business clients haven't figured out this whole AI thing, right? And so, to for, but they've heard about it. And so you could go in and kind of piggyback off of that whole wave of things happening right now and, and let them know that, you know what, um, we've, we've adopted this into our, you know, into our offerings. And, and this is something that's going to help you because of X, Y, Z. And, you know, you can publish more, rank more, whatever. And so because of that, you know, we're going to adopt this for you. Here's how we would do that and incorporate this into the strategy. And, you know, uh, so I think there's a way for you to upsell it, quite honestly, um, and capitalize on this whole, whole movement, really. But, you know, it's personal preference, too. Like I said, I mean, you know, you could wait for this to all be mainstream and everyone's doing it. And then you stand out by, you know, by doing things completely custom. Right. So I think that will be an opportunity for for some people, you know, at some point. As a writing teacher, would you for me, would you recommend that I help students work with this technology, like incorporate this into kind of teaching them how to do this AIO type of stuff? I think you owe it to them. Honestly, right? Because this this is just so prevalent in in this space, in particular with content writing, that if if you're avoiding that, I think you're you'd almost be doing them a disservice. Even if it's to just like listen, understand what they're doing, and then you know this is what I teach, right? Even if it's that, but just like you know, giving them the the insight into what's happening. Like I said, I mean, I think you'd be doing a disservice if you weren't teaching them, you know, how to take that technology and incorporate it into their, into their workflow. If you don't want to do that, here's this option too, right? I think, I think that's how you would handle that. Well, Justin, this has been really interesting. I really enjoyed the conversation. I appreciate you coming on the show. Um, it's not always easy to talk to skeptics of your technology. No, that's fun. I, I understand that that, that is a lot of people right now, right? And we've got a lot of work to do in front of us as far as just educating people on why it doesn't need to be so scary. And, and I appreciate you inviting me on to, to discuss it.